Hi everyone, I'm Avi Schenken, founder of EndUser, and co-hosting with me is Stephen Malley, co-founder of Inbound. And this is our podcast, it's called Straight Up, and if it's the first time you turn in, this podcast is really to focus about human-centered-led people and companies. And we'll be hosting mostly Kiwis and some international guests to talk about where they started and what being human-centered means to them. And today our guest is Yvonne Leong. Uh, welcome, Yvonne. Woo! Woo! Yeah, we needed that woo from Stephen. Um, Yvonne is an experienced designer and innovator. She is um, really passionate uh, about creating experiences with moments that matter to help people bring their awesome self to work, their full awesome self to work. She started her journey in sales at Vodafone, and over the years, um, her curiosity about the future of living brought her to co-found the design practice at Vodafone. Um, she's also had the opportunity to work in Silicon Valley on some really cool, innovative stuff. And on top of that, she has time to volunteer. So we're really excited to get into it and get to really know um, Yvonne's journey. So we'll get started after the music. Awesome. What did you want to be when you went to university? Um, I actually... Let me think. I think back when I was a kid, I loved music, mm-hmm. um, watched a lot of concerts, and I kind of grew up wanting to, you know, be part of curating a concert mm-hmm. and making a concert, concert experience. So I think that wasn't something that you can study. So I went to uni um, and did marketing. <laughs> I settled for marketing. <laughs> Music, marketing, sounds yeah. the same. Yeah. <laughs> Did so. you study in, um, in Auckland, in New Zealand? Um, so I left uh, Malaysia when I was 17 and moved to Christchurch um, and kind of went to uh, Canterbury, University of Canterbury and mm. studied marketing there. Uh, ma- mainly I studied marketing, but on the side I was in computer uh, science as well. With the whole experience and mechanical side of mm. staging and stuff, I always mm. wonder how you create those experiences. Mm. Um, I know there's also sound recording, but you know it wasn't something that my parents would approve me you know, <laughs> studying or pursuing arts. Yeah. So marketing was one of those things that was a good, you know, combination of human as mm. well as uh, experience coming together. Mm. So. What made you move to New Zealand at 17 from Malaysia, and how did your parents react to that? Um, or did they come with you? No, was they didn't. Family no, okay. no. It was, a, it, was, it was a kind of like growing up wanting to get out of the house really quickly yeah. situation. <laughs> okay, yeah. Um, uh, I had a choice of going to the U.S. to do my uh, bachelor. Uh, I actually had a scholarship waiting to go to the States. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, my family, my aunt, actually married a Kiwi. Mm. So they decided to come back after uh, many years of living overseas in UK and Hong Kong, uh, and then moved back. And it was just a perfect timing. Mm. Um, so it was a choice between leaving straight away or waiting six months to go to the States. So I kind of just... <laughs> You're like, I'm living now. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, that's really cool. Yeah. Um, after you left university, mm-hmm. what was your first job? Um, left, like complete. Like, com- sorry, left, not like dropped out. <laughs> yeah. I mean, like <laughs> finished your degree. Or oh, did you work through your degree? Yeah, I did. Okay, yeah. I did. So uh, starting from sales, standing in the store, selling 
uh, I was in Rebel Swats selling clothing, apparels. Cool. Because, uh, you know, sports are another passion as well on the site. Um, any funny, interesting story at working at sales at Rebel Sports? Um, any famous people? Uh, I met a politician once. Yeah. And there are quite a few like sports um, sportsmen that comes in, yeah. but uh, I don't follow Kiwi sports that much, <laughs> so I wouldn't have a clue. But you recognize their face, yeah, yeah. And then the the other guys would be like, "That's so and so that comes in," and you're like, "Who are they?" I've got a friend that's really good at sports because I'm terrible, uh-huh. and every time I see someone that everyone else is looking at, uh-huh. I take a photo and send it to him. I'm like, "Who's this?" And he's like, "Oh, that person." I'm like, yeah, <laughs> that's, what that that's person. a good tactic. <laughs> that is a good tactic. Um, and uh, I also did, uh, what do you call, uh, research and teaching assistance uh, back in uni, um, all the way through uh, from second year. So I was really lucky that a consumer behavior um, lecturer mm. actually picked me up and say, maybe you want to do your master's? And, you know, like kind of starting my journey to do that. Yeah. Uh, that didn't eventuate though. So, yeah, cool. Yeah. But good, good way to earn a side income because they pay well. <laughs> Oh, everybody uni. listening? Yeah. <laughs> uni pays well. Yeah. Oh, that's cool. Mm, yeah. And how did you find the difference from Malaysia to come to New Zealand? Uh, it was a massive uh, change. Uh, I remember uh, going back to school. Um, I'm one of those kids that didn't quite fit in with mm. classes. And I spend more time in the field, more than classes, if I can get away with it. <laughs> uh, I remember putting up my hands and asking, um, my high school teacher uh, in mathematic class, uh, what's cosine and what's tangent? You know, you I'm like you 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 have to memorize all these formulas, but yeah. I don't understand what that means. Mm. Um, my teacher then pick up a pen, and then you know those clicky pen, mm. and go on my head and says, <laughs> "Don't ask that question." Oh really? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Whereas coming to New Zealand. Um, it was a massive shift of like critical thinking. Mm. Um, I did uh, foundation studies back in uni before because we don't have NCEA. So I had to do that to get into uni. So that's yeah. about six months to eight months mm-hmm. paper. Uh, I did the six months one um, and quickly realized that how different it is to switch your thinking to question mm. more than to abide to yeah cool or, and regurgitate so yeah massive mm. difference i think it's a good thing about like i think the higher up the education chain you go the more they encourage that mm-hmm. versus like squash it because i remember doing the same thing back in maths and i was like this is a great formula but like how is it practical <laughs> and they yeah. were like just Why? memorize your formula yeah yeah <laughs> okay mm. follow that mm. yeah wonderful so you finished uni you graduated yes. from uni as a marketing person mm-hmm. <laughs> graduate <laughs> graduate that's the word um and then and then what did you do um so at that point of time living in Christchurch is the, it's quite limited in terms of jobs wise mm-hmm. um I carry on uh doing uh our research and teaching assistant uh but on the side I also started writing for Euromonitor mm-hmm. um they had um paid jobs that are like monthly, you write monthly issues yeah. for certain countries. So you look at trends and you look at patterns of the market itself mm-hmm. and then you write for them. So I remember writing for, on tourism for Philippines and um, I covered about six countries, but I can't, it's so far away now. I yeah. can't remember. 
so that that paid pretty good but um i was uh doing that on the side because just tinker around to see what's out there mm. um and then yeah and then i applied for a scholarship to go to the states to be my pastor <laughs> um and and then surprisingly that led to oh uh, while I'm waiting for this uh, scholarship approval, why don't I just take time off and head back to Malaysia? Mm-hmm. Um, thinking that I might spend a few more years in the States. Mm. Um, and during that time, I kind of got my so-called dream job, you know, how I wanted to go into concerts. Yeah. yeah. Um, so I joined a company, <laughs> uh, not knowing what that means. Um, it was a marketing executive there, like mm. personnel at real level. Mm-hmm. Um, the first person that has a uh, English capability in that business, I, I suppose, in marketing side of things. Okay. Um, so, um, and went touring and was part of the entourage and did oh all God, the logistics. That's and another dream. How long uh, was that for? Uh, that was about seven to eight months. Can you um, give us a little rundown <laughs> of what actually <laughs> that means? Like, what do you do? Yeah. That sounds fascinating um it's pretty cool in the sense that um like i you you're going blind not knowing what what's in it and with a lot of these companies they don't have a actually a structure yeah structure or mm-hmm. page by page kind of guide mm-hmm. it's a really small organization it's about less than 20 people mm-hmm. um with close to about six or seven of them are actually part-timers that oh. comes in to help mm-hmm. and interns so what was um, the actual role so the role was a marketing executive, but uh, mainly focusing on, uh, so you're organizing pre-concert to the day that the concert happens. Oh, so you, you, you set the whole thing up from promotion to selling box office, well, selling tickets so and cool. to actually running the logistic of the, the artists arrive, hotels and all those things. So very little sleep. Yeah. Oh my uh, gosh, I can imagine. Like. But it's really like adrenaline pumping. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because yeah. you're at the concert, I'm guessing. Yeah. You're there. Yeah. You know, you're one of those cool people behind the scene with like those yeah. Uh, yeah, 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 yeah. like yeah. access, yeah. boom, boom. Yeah, yeah. VIPs. You can't. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. yeah. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah. It was it was quite fun, but at the same time, you see the real world. Mm. And that kind of take away the mystery of like, it was it's true. Yeah, it was kind of like, <laughs> oh, uh, yeah. yeah. Um, <laughs> it was still small scales in, in comparison. Uh, but in terms of experience-wise, I think uh, it was one of those young, foolish things that you do. Yeah. When you are, you have all the energy yeah, to yeah, burn. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> what was the most valuable thing you learned in this job? Uh, that, that was valuable for you further in your journey? Like, what did you take for, you know, because some stuff is like, okay, it's yeah. only a, I can only apply it in this specific space it, or not. It, the whole thing was actually an, uh, a le- big lesson, like mm-hmm. growing up, dreaming and imagining that this is the job mm-hmm. uh, and actually doing it. It was, I had that moment of one day I was standing in the concert, yeah. you know, people performing on the stage and all the crowds are going, wow, mm. me standing there, I was thinking to myself. I'm is that jump. it? You know, I was like, is that it? Yeah. Like, what do I do now? Like, yeah. what, if that's the dot, like, you know. That's the tip of the iceberg. Then. What, what am I going to do for the rest of my life? <laughs> Just stand here. Yeah, yeah. Wow. So that was a good realization that mm. it wasn't all that I wanted um, to do in life. Uh, it's cool to experience that so early, though. Because mm. I feel like a lot of people. That's right. 
go through a lot more of their lives and then experience it. Mm -hmm. Or sometimes don't experience at all Mm. and keep longing for that. Mm. Uh, But you're like, okay, did that, done that, and now what actually is my passion and trying to find it? Yeah. Yeah. Okay, so, so, okay, you're there, you're like in front of the crowd, you're about to jump in. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) You know, having a good... Stage dive. Yeah, (laughs) stage dive and you're like, take me, I'm finished. (laughs) You tear off your... Your lanyard. Your lanyard and you're like, I'm done with this job. All the money flies. Anyway, so... um, and then what? So, oh, I just how do you how do you deal with that? How do you process that thought, and how do you move on from there? Uh, I just remember that my dad before when I got that job, my mm. dad was like, "No, that's not what you want to do." It sounds <laughs> like my yeah, yeah. My dad was so like clear that yeah. that's, that is something that you'll do it for fun, and then eventually you fizzle out. And I was like, "Damn, he's right." <laughs> yeah. So, um, unfortunately, with the um, scholarship fell through. Uh, mm. I didn't end up going to the States um, because of the, the whole American government situation, you know, the big financial crisis mm. back in 2008. So the scholarship got killed, uh, like mm-hmm. cancelled. Um, but um, that also meant that I should like pivot. Mm-hmm. Um, so in that sense, I came back to New Zealand uh, without knowing that... Um, that was going to be the case. And then what happened was it led to a friend that actually had a job offer with uh, Vodafone at the same time with uh, Virgin, so Pacific Mm. Blue. So he had two jobs in front of him Mm. and he goes, I want to do the Pacific Blue role to go flying. Um, And so he was like, oh, maybe you might want to talk to Yvonne because she's looking. Um, so what yeah. a wonderful candidate yeah he's yeah. like I can't make it but I got a really good one yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I brought backup yeah. <laughs> yeah like that was pretty pretty weird in that sense yeah um, he, he was uh, the never guy. happened to me in any interview I've done <laughs> that somebody brought him back up <laughs> that's pretty good because uh, he, he, uh, the guy that introduced me into the role was actually my supervisor from, mm. oh, uh, cool. from uh, Rebel Sports Really? Yeah, so he yeah, really yeah. knew you, so he vouched for you. And, yeah. Oh, yeah. That's, that's cool. That's fantastic. And a referral goes a long way mm. in New Zealand. Mm-hmm. Well, in the world, but specifically <laughs> so here. Yeah, definitely. Okay, so you're starting at Vodafone. Yes. What is that first role? A sales. Yeah. 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 So it was a great opportunity back then because uh, it was uh, being in Christchurch in town, city center. Uh, majority of it uh, of the customer that was coming in was actually internationals mm. or people that are just moving into the country. Mm-hmm. Um, so Vodafone had that opportunity to um, consider moving into that market and actually didn't know how to serve that market still. Um, so I came in at the perfect timing um, that I could speak like quite a few languages. About, mm. uh, so how many languages do you speak? I can speak five languages. Really? Oh my God. <laughs> Three Chinese dialect and. and that helps. So. That's still five languages. Okay, all that, yeah. <laughs> it's amazing. Do you find that sometimes you say something and you blurt out something in a different language? Um, when I'm really tired. Okay. Um, <laughs> shit, it happens to me all the time. Oh, yeah. <laughs> By the end of the podcast, you're both just speaking. <laughs> you're speaking Hebrew. <laughs> a French. <I> <laughs> um, um, right. Okay. That's amazing. So um, yeah, that that all started 
by me standing in a store um, mm. and mm. observing what was needed to be done uh, rather than so sales aside also noticing that these customer that walks in what do they actually need yeah uh, and then um, I actually hated mm. the idea of doing sales yeah mm. I had a massive like I'm not a salesperson mm. syndrome yeah. um, so it was uh, it took a bit of a change of mindset you know yeah. probably call it reframing at that point of time <laughs> into okay so if I don't like sales how can I make it fun to go to work every day so yeah. I kind of see it as a service to people mm. um, instead of selling people stuff that yeah. they don't want it was to find something that they want I love that and so well most of the time they, they tend to tell you I want to do this mm. and they don't, but they don't know the what so my role here was to help them to shape that or find that thing that they could could meet what they want to do so mm. yeah, yeah so you took a very human centered approach yeah yeah and I think yeah. that's like the traditional way people view sales right it's that mm. like sharky mm-hmm. you know Sleazy, car salesperson no. <laughs> yeah, yeah no, exactly. mm-hmm. um but you're exactly right like reframing it to how do i deliver this person as much value as possible even if sometimes it means going somewhere else right exactly i think it allows you because i used to do my fear was like doing phone calls mm-hmm. and so yeah. i did like mm. eight months of, like doing cold calls selling wine over the phone and I hated it, but it was like really cool just to like notice the difference. But yeah. like, cool, it's not actually phone calls that I'm scared of. It's actually just selling a product I don't really believe in, and then making that adjustment, and then going really into doing things you actually care about, which I'm assuming is exactly what you did. Yeah, Basically. I love that you say that actually, because uh, I have a principle which is I don't do things that I don't believe in, or mm. I don't sell things that I don't believe mm-hmm. in. Um, so that's why, like, I would go to work for Rebel Sports because I would use those things myself. Yeah, cool. And Vodafone was like telecommunication. I trust that too, mm. the meaning behind it. Um, and then that makes it easier to. It's like life's become so much easier because you don't need yeah. to like lie anymore. You don't need yeah. to hide anything. You mm. just like begin And that anxiety of, of they will find out that this yeah. is crap. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, oh my God. Oh my God. I'm, I am a terrible salesperson when I don't believe in yeah. it. I'm like, but yeah, you should really go to yeah. these guys. Yeah. Um, yeah. yeah. <laughs> and it I've just done means that. you're not pathological, which is fantastic. <laughs> <laughs> it's important to be authentic. <laughs> okay, so you went from sales, you reframed your set of mind, and, and you started to help people. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And that was in a store location. Yes. Okay. There were little things that selling in the store make, like helped me to learn. Mm. I remember like during like lunchtime, you'd see people queue up massive, like the queue just piled up. Mm. Uh, to the door and then you're like all these people are in their ties and suits and you know uh, business clothing yeah <laughs> obviously there for the lunch break mm. uh, to rush in to get things done and then get out mm-hmm. uh, I remember that back in those days um, you remember those carbon coffee situation mm-hmm. like that there are forms that you need to fill in but there are like three plies of them yeah um, and they would take like 15 minutes to just fill those things in yeah um, it became uh, my natural instinct was that how how do I help these people to go and get things done, get achieve what they want to do, their company to do done, while not sacrificing a lunch time. Oh. So uh, I realized that it was to help them find that thing, and then get them through the process, which is painful sometimes, mm. uh, and just move on. So um, 
I basically say, okay, these are the things that you don't need to fill in. I only need X, Y, and Z. Cool. And we fill that in. We'll fill the rest in when you come back and to pick it up so that mm. they can get it going. So while I'm processing the paperwork, they go and have lunch and then they come back. So it was little things like that that became uh, probably noticeable to, to my teams. Mm. Um, they always said to me that, you sandbagging by the end of the day because we have like a sales target. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So if you do one sales, you mark one, mm. another one, another yeah. one, a reward system. Um, and uh, then my GM picked up and kind of like, what are you doing here? Mm. You're a bit wasted doing this. So you were getting the most sales? Uh, I was getting the most sales unexpectedly in the sense that because... It's not unexpectedly. Let's, let's yeah. tell our <laughs> listeners it's because it's human-centered. I mean, you know, sometimes you can't put a value on the human-centered, but mm. actually it is helping overall. And yeah. people will probably, because they'll be like, oh, she cares, mm -hmm. they'll be more emotionally available to buy mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. rather than, mm -hmm. oh, this person doesn't care. I'm really in a hurry. Mm. Uh, you're getting me to sign all that stuff. She seems to be like, just do this. I'll take care of that. Don't worry. Then they're like, oh, she's so nice. I'll buy. Because that's how people, I feel. That's how yeah. people mm. buy out of emotion. And they'll go back to the office and be like, Make sure you get her. Yeah, so. she was awesome. Uh, yeah. Did that the happen? Did they? Did they? Just did you? Happened. Yeah. Really? Yeah. Oh, yeah. that's awesome. Yeah. So that that made life a lot easier because most of the time people have a lot of stuff that they are doing in town. Mm -hmm. So yeah, it just became a referral situation. That's like, so um, I still get calls sometimes. Oh, <laughs> 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 well, I haven't left that for like ten years. Now. <laughs> you can talk to someone though. Yeah. Oh, that's so sweet. Yeah, yeah. That's it's so a bit cool. weird, uh, but in a good way, you mm. know. Oh, that is. You yeah. know, it, it, obviously, it went a long way. Yeah. But they still like. I gotta go back yeah. because this is how strong emotional human connection. impression yeah. and connection is it's just it stays for you for you know they say people forget mm -hmm. you know what you say people mm -hmm. forget what you did but mm -hmm. they don't forget how you made them feel so yeah. even if they they're like I don't remember what you said but oh she made me feel so good so that's amazing and that's also amazing that you GM picked it up and said you're wasted here because some people would be like she's so good and mm -hmm. my my branch looks so good with, with mm -hmm. her yeah. I'm not letting her go mm -hmm. and they'll keep you at your they wouldn't let you feel your potential. Yeah. So that's actually really good of yeah. him that he recognized it and said, you got to move somewhere to make more impact. Huh? Yeah. Cool. Um, cool. So where did I go from there? Uh, where did I go from there? Um, it pretty much led to, uh, after the earthquake, um, it was, mm. uh, so Christchurch quake uh, kind of put everything back into the back burner in, in some way. Um, so the business decided to revisit while we were actually buying other businesses to grow as well. So it was cool. kind of a big reshuffle. Mm. Um, were you in Christchurch? I was in Christchurch, yeah. So wow. I was actually selling in the stores. Mm. Um, I had a customer sitting in front of me from Great Britain. Yeah. Um, just signing the paper and filling things up and the earthquake came. Mm. Um, so yeah, like lived to, through everything. And um, But um, with the earthquake came a big shift a lot of people decided to leave. Mm -hmm. uh, I love the city, so I choose to stay. Um, passionately so, because it's a great place. Um, and grew up there too, mm. <clears throat> formation years. So um, uh, that was also when I kind of go, okay, life is bigger than doing sales. Yeah. I want to do something else. Um, and then 
I pretty much kind of said to the boss, my bosses that I'm looking at leaving. And my GM kind of said, no, you're not leaving. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and um, let me find something for you. Um, oh, really? Yeah. So uh, a colleague in the enterprise team um, and decided to move to Perth. Mm. And that's when uh, that role of enterprise uh, service relationship role came up uh, in the corporate. Um, so that's when I kind of shifted into it, um, into a different direction, dealing with corporate businesses rather than day-to-day customers. So yeah. And how's that shift going? Like, how do you go from dealing with customers to the yeah. corporate world? And uh, the competency, like, did you walk in with confidence or did, is that like, because it's completely different, right? <laughs> like, yeah, <laughs> massively so. Like, um, uh, selling in front of customers, you get the feedback straight away. Mm. Uh, you get the direct honest reaction straight away because you can't hide away from that mm. um, because um, people are in front of you and they tell you straight away that's what I want that's not what I want um, it's a, a bit more faster paced too because the results is there straight away um, going into corporate I was uh, acutely quiet <laughs> <laughs> sitting in uh, meetings um, yeah. uh, I was the youngest yeah. Asian team member <laughs> you know, in the 20s, and female too. Mm. Uh, most of my colleagues... You're like, tick, tick, tick. <laughs> yeah, it was just a perfect uh, combination, right? Mm. Um, so I think that a lot of it comes down to how, how do I fit into this team. Uh, I was very, very lucky. Yeah. Uh, my colleagues were mostly in their 40s, um, and so they tend to become a coach and mentor to me cool. uh, That's organically. Like, you know, if, if we judge people less, you realize that it's, it's not, you know, it's, it, people are actually really nice and yeah. people are kind. Mm. Um, so uh, from there Most on, people. Most people. <laughs> <laughs> Come on. <laughs> I like to think that people have the, you know. Yeah, yeah. yeah. No, it's true. We want to see the kindness in the world. So no, like my colleagues become like my role models here and there. That's you know, so some cool. people are very tech oriented. Mm. Uh, so what was the actual role? Uh, it was actually a, a combination of a few things. Uh, it was an analyst uh, role that you help to understand the value of. You. So you've signed a contract and this is how much you're looking at paying. So we need to show that the value that you're paying is also the value that we are delivering. Mm. So in contrast, in the contract, what we've agreed on, we are delivering. Um, so I also manage the uh, internal uh, operation and delivery for the customer. So yeah, they buy thousands and thousands yeah. of devices and services. So my role is to make sure that the rollout of those transition uh, works really well. So mm. imagine you are a big corporate business, you just put out 100 Apple phones. Mm. They need to work yeah. when people switch it on. Um, so I managed the whole transition point of those things, yeah, uh, and yeah, pretty much engagement with customers day to day. And did was there a human centered um, element element in that role, the, or did you develop it? It was. Um, because I don't think you can escape from your human-centered yeah, empathy. Keep back to that, to the empathy. No, because I feel like it's just radiating yeah. off you anyway yeah. in, in any job you yeah. do. Yeah. I, got, I got bored. <laughs> 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 I get bored because uh, 
uh, really quickly, classically, mm. because um, uh, it's kind of like going back to asking the question in mathematics classes. Uh, I'm like, why are they producing all these boring graphs and charts if <laughs> yeah. they are the same? Like, if they're going down, they will always go down. Like, yeah. It seems to, like, you know, continue the same trend. Yeah. I'm like, oh, you don't need to do that. Um, so I started poking holes into what are the things that people can't see outside this report. Because mm. I'm like, surely, um, if this is the only way that we do this report, or, oh, this is how much value that you are getting, and this is how much cheaper... It's a very boring um, yeah. story that to tell. So it's an hour meeting with CIOs and technology um, engineers, and you see them in the meetings. They're like, yeah, <laughs> everyone's falling asleep. Like, falling asleep. <laughs> yeah. But um, I often find um, them <laughs> curious about what are the behaviors that they are not seeing in the mm. reports. So I turn the role into a proactive role of instead of just giving them what we are promising to give them. Um, I kind of poke holes into what other things that are not normal um, in the data that we have. Can you give um, us an example? So, for example, back in the days, back in the days, um, uh, every minute counts. So mm. you charge by per minute, and yep. the data charged by per megabytes, right? Oh my God. Hundred megs, remember? Yeah. Um, and so um, you have a certainty in those spending, but um, a lot of times you have weird behaviors such as people are uh, sending pictures for example mm. pix was uh, not you know picture text is not a common thing back then mm-hmm. you're using a slider phone um, so that was a curiosity for some businesses like why are you sending pics at work yeah uh, why uh, why do you roam like so, certain requirements certain business uh, plan doesn't cover mm. roaming so some people go on mm. holiday on their own uh, and their business don't actually pay for roaming, for example. Uh, Vodafone's is completely opposite. We are quite trusting of people when they mm-hmm. use their devices, but mm. uh, so but every businesses have their own policies. Um, and so my job was then to help to identify the weird ones um, and call out those things so that they can deal with those things and learn to cope with that. So for example, identifying why people use data in certain months mm. um, and then they go why did it spike up so much and then we go oh there was a version roll up uh, roll out for devices mm, so, so the, updates. the updates so how do we change that into when there is a updates from apple <laughs> yeah <laughs> you don't get shocked by that, <laughs> yeah, but, that um, will, yeah. so little things like that to help people to proactively consider those things yeah, cool. uh, rather than being hit by it and go, oh, we should have done that. Yeah. And everyone's um, got a old school roaming charge story where they're overseas and like, oh, mm. <laughs> the next bit of roaming to be on. And then... Sometimes it's a security thing yeah. uh, because when people leave, you know, you go, why are these uh, devices, you know, still, still active, mm. but there is no usage in it. So it's kind mm. of helping them mm. to manage those things. Cool. Um, so did the GM at this position <laughs> spotted you doing those cool stuff <laughs> and be like, you wasted here. He's he- back. <laughs> <laughs> it's the same one. Actually, actually, he retired on the first few months that I started in that mm-hmm. role. Um, but he... Which, who, who retired? The GM retired. 
The, the one from the sales yeah, yeah, branch? Yeah, yeah, okay, yeah. So he actually overlooks the whole operation in South Island. Oh, okay. So he did have a say in the corporate side of things as well. So, mm. But however, he retired pretty much the minute that I stepped into the door too. He was like, I got an heir. I'm fine. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. I can go. Yeah. Yeah. Sure I can walk <laughs> away. Yeah. No, he, he, he retired, but before he retired, he actually said something to me that I was like, oh, how am I supposed to do this? Um, he kind of said to me that, look, what do you want to do in life for the next, you know, after this? And I actually have no answer. Um, and he said to me that you should reach out to the head of innovation um, mm. because you are the kind of person that would work really well in the things that he does. But I was like, I don't know this guy and he lives a million miles away. Mm. And what am I supposed to say to him? So I didn't. So for three years, I didn't. Really? Mm. So the head of innovation lives in San Francisco? Yeah. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. He was in he was in UK back then. I see, yeah. Uh, and then eventually San Francisco, yeah. Cool. So you're absolutely crushing the enterprise role. Yeah. Because yeah. so, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. it's like it's a Maybe. great way to process, you know, to to progress in your job. You're like, I got this. I'm crashing it. I'm, yeah, I'm, yeah. Not crashing, crashing. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, you know, same, same but different. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I put it all on fire. But um, yeah, and then and then progressing through excellence because that's that's yeah. cool. Because then you kind of like did it, done that. I got to the peak of my role. Mm. I got to move on because, you know, well, did like other said, people suggest you move on or did this time it come it came from you? Most of the time it's people suggesting. <laughs> <laughs> so you get there, you get bored, you start poking around, someone's yeah. like, it's time, it's time to... It's yeah. time. Because yeah. you, you feel like there's, I always feel like there's much more that you can do, so... Yeah, so it's three years later, you're like, I got this enterprise, I know what I'm doing, how did you so then you joined the innovation how how moving into um, innovation happened so uh what happened was that um so back then we also uh, Vodafone kind of went through a transition mm-hmm. um we bought telstra so mm-hmm. uh, we sold a big share of business in uh somewhere <laughs> so suddenly there's a lot of money mm. to invest reinvest in the business uh and so that led to uh, investment in New Zealand uh, and mm. several other countries to expand into uh, more than just a mobile business. So when I started, it was just a mobile mm. business. And then we bought a small company called iHub mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and started moving into broadband services, but still pretty small. Uh, and then we bought Telstra. Um, so uh, that was a quite a big shift in terms of uh, what the business where the business is going yeah mm. um yeah like mobile business is very straightforward and simple and yeah yeah uh whereas fixed business is very complicated um because actually you are relying on other people to dig the cable mm, do their part the yeah. services yeah and and what year are we talking now uh this is i'm trying to think i can't uh probably about Seven, eight years ago. Okay. Yeah, seven, eight years so, ago. So that was your, so you worked three years in enterprise. How long in sale? Uh, so uh, enterprise was about four years. Mm. Yeah. Uh, sales was two and a half years. Okay, so you're already like yeah. six and a half years into Vodafone. Yeah. And yeah. you're like, what's next? Yeah. So uh, with the transition, I kind of got to a point that uh, there was a 
fix is better, mobile is better, like competition going on. Yeah. And but was I it was, internal? So the yeah. teams. Well, not only teams, but also people are com- comparing anyway. Yeah. Uh, whereas I was kind of in the world of the two coming together is the best thing. Yeah. Uh, and also because of the earthquake, I quickly realized that actually there's so much more that we can do uh, if we moved away from talking about the technology itself. Yeah, cool. Um, because you see buildings going down and then suddenly you go, what are we going to do there? <laughs> um, so I quickly realized that what if we consider what does life look like if you were to rebuild it like in Christchurch? Yeah. Um, so I realized that Vodafone actually, I kind of went through a bit of a soul searching myself too and realized that actually Vodafone is not a telecommunication business only. You know, mm-hmm. we are a communication business. And without people, there won't be any communication business. Okay. <laughs> so I kind of came to a summation of like, we are a people business. So what if Vodafone can bring all these uh, potential people that want to do something new? Um, you see a lot of companies are trying to do, you know, smart homes, smart lighting, smart mm. streets. Um, so mm. I kind of bring all that conversation back to work. Um, using social media internally yeah, um, and that kind of spurred into uh, a bit of an interest in the business like who is this person that we have no idea who how she looks like or mm. who she is but is starting a conversation about the future of living ideas, yeah. yeah but ask questions rather mm. than suggesting an idea um, mm. to get people there that's a good that's a good advice yeah ask questions because if you suggest I think it's human nature to poke holes mm. in the ideas. They're like, no, you can't do it. But if you just ask, then mm. they kind of think, oh, I thought of it or something. You know, mm. it's it's a it's a softer way to get that mind shift. Yeah. So um, that kind of led into uh, that social media run kind of like pull into an interest of like, oh, this person is thinking laterally. Yeah. Um, and I actually reach out to. Uh, the head of innovation, innovation. Yeah. at the point of time. It's been four you, years, come yeah. on. Yeah, I'm like, how can we stuck in this wall of um, Did you mention the GM? <laughs> uh, well, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, I mean, it's a good, you know, it's yeah. always a referral. goes yeah. a long way. Well, I tend to, I actually said to him that I actually was told to reach out to him three years ago, but I just didn't have the guts to like... Hi. <laughs> I love that. Just being very transparent. Yeah. Very honest. Yeah. Very honest. Yeah. That's, yeah. That, that, I'm sure that that worked. Yeah. Um, I hope that worked. It, it, uh, I waited for close to about three, four weeks. Oh, shit. Sure. I, I thought well, you were going to say three years. years. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm still uh, waiting. <laughs> I remember I was counting every day. I was yeah, like, I oh, gee, what did he write back? So you emailed in and then he yeah. was like, yeah. So what did you write in your email? Um, I was told to reach out. I didn't have the guts. Pretty much. So and that's like, it? And, or did you ask? Yeah. <laughs> kind of like I was a bit uh, confused as to where, why, uh, as an organization, we are still stuck in the world of talking about technology. Oh, cool. um, so you yeah. did, I did bring some of your question. ideas yeah. into it? Well, uh, more like the observations mm. rather than mm. ideas. Uh, and I'm asking the questions of what, why... Um, why are we moving there? Yeah. Why aren't why we, we? Why are we still thinking about technology mm, while mm-hmm. 
our role could be greater than this. Mm. Mm. That was my question to him. Uh, and kind of said that I actually don't know what to do from here. Yeah. Um, and so he replied and he said, I'm going to be in town and let's catch up. And that's it. Yeah. And you're like, oh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, three was weeks, like four that. days, two hours, <laughs> ten minutes. Um, it, it started with a few uh, Skype call. Uh, cool. He was quite clear about, okay, let's do something. Let's talk. Um, then it was kind of like, since I'm going to be in town in a few months' time, mm. we should meet up um, at one of the events that we spoke at. Um, mm-hmm. We quickly realized that over the course of like a few Skype calls, I was like, yeah, we on the same page cool. and uh, suddenly someone that's open to coach and mentor someone mm. and uh, give you the time to explore all the thoughts and possibility. Mm. Um, uh, he was very good at not reflecting his opinion on other people. Mm. Um, I find that some coach and mentor tend to insert their view very strongly, mm. yeah. whereas he was very good at keeping it wide and asking really um, good questions while um, being able to open your eyes to things that you've never seen. Yeah. Uh, cool. Options. Just three strong questions. Mm. And I want to derail it a little bit here. Mm. Mentorship. So I think a lot of people try to find mentors. And so was this just like, were you looking for a mentor? Or was this just like kind of alignment just really based on pure curiosity? and? Um. It was a. I was looking for a mentor at that mm. point of time. Um, uh, I kind of see a lot of people can be your mentor. Yeah. Uh, but with him, it was very special in the sense that he, he was someone that I thought that would never ever have time. Yeah. <laughs> to mentor someone that is all the way in New Zealand while he's in the states, um, because of time difference, and he has a big job too. Mm. Maybe some people do have a mentor in mind and they're thinking, oh, this person is super busy. There's no way they're going to have time Mm. for me. Mm. I'm really scared to reach out to them. Not necessarily even in the same company, but just a mentor. But actually, people are nice. Like you say, most people are nice. Mm -hmm. And and they might find the time and they might actually be really flattered that you want. Because people look at themselves, I, I hope, well, you know. Um, they're pretty humble. They're like, oh, what yeah. I'm doing? You know, because you live your life and you're in that process, you don't see really, oh, I'm such and such and I'm head of innovation or whatever. Yeah. Mm-hmm. They see themselves as this is my job and this is what I've been doing mm-hmm. and this is how naturally I progressed. So they're still human. So you can reach out to them and they'll be flattered and then they, they will help you. I think the way you did that, which again is very human-centered, it's perfect as well. It's just mm-hmm. like, I think a lot of people either overthink the process or go in with like a weird crazy ass like hey can you do this but just emailing with a really great question Mm -hmm. that aligns with the person as well it's just a really cool way to start a conversation and like i'm assuming you didn't say hey can you please mentor me for the next three years please (laughs) you know i've got this unpaid position for you but you just like (laughs) be smart about asking Um, your mentors yeah yeah yeah. (laughs) i I think it's 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 um being very clear with uh who you want to be and yeah. maybe like at that point of time I was actually more confused than um, wanting a mentor mm. uh, and I think he realized that actually you know um, I could help this person maybe yeah, um, yeah. so uh, 
I did. I was not a marketing spin at all. It was more like I'm not so sure how I should. Yeah, I, yeah. I should go about this. And I think but... it's all made it so genuine. I think that's probably yeah. why he replied, right? Because mm. he just sensed the the genuine curiosity from the email, not like mm. you really want. It's not transactional, you know. It's an actual mm, conversation. Yeah. And you also saw probably a thinking person mm. that is questioning. You know, because some, you know, in, in a lot of companies, you see people just doing their job, and they're like, you know, they mm. they have the thoughts around what should we do with this client and how should we do this process. But you're like, no, hold on a second, what are we doing overall? And mm-hmm. that's probably was like, whoa, okay, she's mm. a thinker, yeah, on a scale, and she's emailing me, so you know, she's a keeper. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I hope so. Um, yeah. yeah. Um, that's amazing. That's really exciting. So he came over and so he was talking at an event and you're like, I got VIP passes. <laughs> you're like back to your concert. You're like, I got the vineyard. You got to dive into the executives. Got to pass. Jeez. And escalates really quickly. <laughs> no, it, it was uh, really cool. Uh, it was... Uh, was it a Vodafone event? It was a Vodafone. He he did he did quite a big tour mm. around the country uh, to talk about. Uh, What's innovation. his name? Are you allowed? Oh, to say? JJ Juan. Okay. Uh, he's long around though, so yeah, he passed away uh, two three years ago, unfortunately, mm. to leuke- uh, leukemia. Um, yeah. That's so um, yeah, I'm like, oof. That's not a good idea. Um, yeah, okay. But, um, Podcast number three, we'll talk about that. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, no, um, so he, JJ came to New Zealand and he was uh, helping other businesses to see uh, what the future trend is like. Again, uh, showing possibilities. Um, he always lived by this thing called show, don't tell. Mm. Um, yeah, so, I like that. Yeah, so a lot of the things that he did was to show the possibility without having to tell too much um so we that visit was literally him talking uh, me sitting in an audience and just going holy shit yeah yeah exactly he's gonna talk to me what am i gonna say i better listen i can't listen (laughs) so it was really cool um and then we met uh it was really like him walking out before he walked out he was like hey look um uh, great to meet you and um, in person and so, unfortunately we can't catch up because he fly in and fly out straight mm-hmm. away uh, but we'll catch up again when we are in uh, uh, when he gets back to the country um, so um, so yeah it was it was really brief uh, but the minute that he land uh, in the states um, the invitation of going to the states came Really? Oh, yeah, it was a next phone call was like Oh my god. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. I was feeling <laughs> Finally we like, get to go to the States. Yeah. Oh I'm yeah, like, exactly. Yeah. After all these years yeah. of waiting for that scholarship yeah. <laughs> it finally came through <laughs> with a salary. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but it was never about going to the States though. Right. It was yeah. really interesting that he just kind of like it was, that. Yeah. the offer was just weird. Yeah. Frankly. It was like <laughs> hey, if you want to come to the States to, you know, join, come over to do a project with us, you're welcome. And then I'm like, wow. what sure? pro? <laughs> yeah, exactly. I'm like, what What does that mean? <laughs> like an email like, or a message, I can't remember that. He sent me just one line that, hey, if you want to come to the States to join us for a project, no name, no nothing, you're welcome. And I go, what is that project? <laughs> and he's like, I don't know, but if you come, 
We'll figure it out. Yeah. And then, so come over if you want to, but nothing else. Um, so at that point of time, my head was going, oh my God, like, how am I supposed to fund this? What is, what's going to happen to my job? No, wait, wait, wait. Um, so that wasn't part of your Vodafone no. job? No. Wow. Yeah, it was kind of that like a So no project. salary. <laughs> no salary. Yeah, exactly. Mm. So I was like, am I That's pretty to... ballsy of him to ask. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I did not know that. that oh, was... at the time you didn't yeah. know? Yeah, well, that... I didn't. I would have expected it to be part of your job. No, yeah. It was because uh, there was a complicated uh, relationship between New Zealand is a New Zealand operation mm, and global is a global operation. So it was it was kind of like, how do you make this happen yeah. at that point of time? Yeah. Um, so I'm like, how long do you need me for? And he's like, maybe a month. Uh, so it was kind of like a conversation started at that point. Yeah. And I was that of, at Silicon Valley? Yeah, Silicon okay. Valley. Yeah. So I freaked out. That I'm like, <laughs> great offer, but how? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, and greatly the GM that I that oh my god that guy job. keeps coming back <laughs> yeah, I'm telling yeah. you he's Grim the hero awesome. okay you gotta awesome. say his name yeah Grandman's Grim, so he, he pretty much said to me that look how much do you need you know like I'll I'll help you I'll fund you to go oh over my there. god really? that is amazing uh, but but I said no thank you <laughs> yeah <laughs> um, it, it, but what it shows but that yeah. is generous so yeah. he really cared about you he mm. really saw the potential and he's like I <laughs> Did you email him after uh, you got the response from the... I, I told him that I was engaging to... Mm. What did he say? I finally, <laughs> he's like, I told you so. <laughs> <laughs> That's so nice. That's fantastic. So, yeah. So, I kind of... Uh, That's a big decision. Yeah. So how do you make that decision? I jumped. Someone actually told me not to. Like, mm. there was like two oh. people. There's always, yeah, there's always um, yeah. a couple. But, uh... <laughs> Um, no, no, I don't mean. Like, <laughs> I'm just like names. No, no, I just mean like, was it a close friend, family? Oh, it was. Uh, actually, he became my boss. Oh, yeah. It, it's also oh, like work related. Yeah, said, yeah. No, Don't go. Oh no, it, he was he again one of my mentor, coach, kind of yeah. like. Oh, okay, okay, okay. No, um, that's what I meant. Just yeah. senior around that has like, um, he's quite high up too. He what kind was of, his reason? He he kind of said to me, "What do you?" What are you gonna do with your role? What you know? What does that mean? Because mm. the fear was that I might lose my job for mm. doing this. Mm-hmm. Um, it's probably too big of a risk without the fear of a promise in return. Um, but frankly, I do not regret doing this. Mm. Um, so I packed my bags, told the business that I'm taking annual leave for a month, and I'm going. <laughs> and then wow. self-funded. So um, the business then came back. Um, because there was going through a lot of change. Um, mm. Luckily, with the social media platform that I did, um, the chat that I had with Future of Living kind of sparked into a different um, recognition too. Like um, <clears throat> the business was running all these campaign of uh, how do you best use a social media platform internally. Mm. Um, so <clears throat> I did not know that that was a thing, but because I won that uh, chatter. Um, award. Um, the business decided that the what chatter award? Yeah. So the, the wait, wait, wait. You're skipping. You're skipping. Wait, we got, <laughs> wait, wait, we got wait, awards wait. to talk wait, about. First of all, there's there's like a chat social media. I mean, you mentioned internal briefly social internal so, social yeah. media, yeah, but what did you? 
what what is that? Tell so, us more about that. Classically, you have like you know Salesforce. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so Salesforce has something called Chatter. Mm-hmm. So. It has been around for a long time, but a lot of times people don't know how to use it. Mm. So I use that platform to curate a conversation. I just chuck a photo up and call it cool, innovative stuff. Yeah. Um, I didn't have a profile photo. My profile photo was Buckminster Fuller <laughs> with a quote of, uh, <laughs> if you want to uh, change things, you don't change it by... Improving that one, you create new things too. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, um, so that was. Who's this anonymous? Yeah, exactly. Innovative things. Yeah. So that was the platform that's kind of like perfect digital platform mm. that was able to host uh, a national, nationwide, and also global conversations. Uh, but it started with nation, mm. national, um, and so. Yeah, there there were other people using it to do training materials mm-hmm. uh, and also like price changing updates. Like use it like a memo. Yeah. But I was using it to run discussion. So, conversations. Yeah. So that was that was that was kind of recognized as a good use of technology to collaborate. Uh, and so you got an award. Yeah. Yeah, is the is the, is the award uh, like Salesforce award? Yeah, or from Vodafone? Chat, so Vodafone, Vodafone mm. internally wants to promote people to okay. collaborate more using mm. technology. That's so cool. Yeah, so that congratulations. Thank you. That was a long time ago. <laughs> that is awesome. Yeah, so they kind of use that um, to pull a fund together. So they gave me a thousand dollars of uh, travel. Uh, vouchers. Yes, so so cool. I pay pay for flights for that. Yeah. Uh, or partly. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and then uh, luckily the senior leadership was really supportive and they kind of said that look, we'll cover half of your um, leave mm-hmm. as a so we'll fifty fifty it. So the other half you you self fund, mm. but half of your leave will pay for free. So cool. consider yourself working. So while I was there, I was actually working mm-hmm. uh, for New that Zealand as well. Amazing. And and so when you went to Silicon Valley and doing that project that is still unknown to us, mm-hmm. um, was that under Vodafone US? Or uh, was that completely it's separate? It's a global. Yeah, it's a global. global. Okay. Yeah. yeah. So uh, when I arrived, it was pretty much a dead in the water situation. Like mm. the project wasn't flying. Mm-hmm. There were five u- they so-called user which means that they do have an account, but don't always log in. Yeah. Um, and then uh, with one actually actively still looking, but don't really use it. So consider that beta project or alpha at that point of time was dead in water. That's mm-hmm. what we kind of joked about. Um, <laughs> and then um, mainly because it hasn't been rapidly tested and, and built. Mm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So that came into JJ's vision was to actually get people around it so that it could that machine rotates really quick to keep building it. So building up the momentum to test, learn, you know, and then build just mm. goes with its cycle. Um, I like to use build, test, learn rather than measure because it's actually action. Mm. Um, so um, so wait, so you go to Silicon Valley, you land. You find out the project's in the water. 
Yeah, I finally so, find out the project on the day one. Okay, so there was already a project because I thought he was saying, ah, I'm not sure, we don't know. Or he just didn't want to tell you. Oh, um, yeah. He was like, she won't come if I tell her. <laughs> I think that's pretty smart. Because <laughs> I guess... Too late to turn back. Yeah. 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 You're like, but I committed to this. It was good to not have any clues mm. because I was curious about that. Mm. Um, and that helps because I was asking questions. <laughs> because you're like, what is this? What are you trying to do? And yeah. Then, and then... You was coming and with a fresh so. perspective. Yeah. yeah. And mm-hmm. from a different country. And, you know, so you're not part of all the whatever internal politics mm. which I'm sure mm-hmm. always happens mm-hmm. in, in any company. Um, you're like, but really, genuinely, what are you trying to do? Mm-hmm. Um, so, so your role was the question asker. <laughs> no. Uh, what was your actual role that he saw it? Or just helping out getting this product to the next level? Um, it wasn't clear that it was a product. It was actually uh, uh, how it started was something that we needed to, how should I say, um, I kind of can't go too detail into this one, um, into the <laughs> nature of the product itself. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So what happened was, let me think, what happened was the idea was to actually just use this as a learning platform to mm. prove that this is the way that enterprises should innovate mm. uh, and change the way that we build products mm. of any kind. Um, not everything is designed for design thinking or mm. yeah, uh, true. lean, but if you want to tackle things really quickly and solve problems really quickly and collaborate to progress, um, that this is the way to consider building product this way. Mm. Um, so the project itself was an organic need of how might we help people uh, of all different locations at Vodafone uh, stay connected and work together, collaborate together. Um, so that was the purpose of the, the idea. Um, it came up, it started with, uh, it's kind of like a video call solution. Uh, on an iPad, mm-hmm. um, so, but that 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 kind of got killed because um, the purpose that I, that I was there to do was actually to learn what actually people want. Mm-hmm. They just built something that um, I tend to say kind of like a Lego block situation. You, you start with that big plank, and then we keep passing. We all have like one pile of blocks, yeah, and you just keep building it. So we just keep building, keep building, and then breaking it, breaking it every week. Uh, so we have test cycles of every week. So uh, my job was to juggle, create a community that mm-hmm. are willing to test it, to like hack it to the Don't ground. Yeah. And poke holes and then ask questions and say, this is the things that we need and we don't need this. Cool. Um, so with five people using Actually, and up in a month, we have over 200 people Whoa. globally mm-hmm. um, using it. Mm. Um, this is internal Vodafone people yeah. we're talking about. Um, and then, and that's quite a hard, uh, because it's actually not their job. They're just yeah. doing it on the side too, yeah. um, to test it. Um, so global testers, but a testing community. So I, again, go back to Salesforce Chatter. I was using Chatter to create this group of community that wanting to learn. Mm. together uh, and then uh, and do something different too you know build things in a different way and then 
I would write up all the bugs and all the problems and then send it to UK and uh, Spain, which our developers, which is perfect timing-wise. Mm. So early morning, I'll be starting all the tests uh, through to like 9 p.m. at night in San Francisco. Mm-hmm. Then I'll curate all the, pull the list together, send it to Europe, and then Spain would wake up, and then they will start, <laughs> start like, fixing the yeah. codes. Nice. Um, so, and then by the next morning, you're like, all done. Uh, well, no. the, the little ones will get yeah. sorted, but the, the big ones yeah. will become the next week's rollout. Yeah. So yeah. we were doing, basically every Wednesday is a new rollout. Thursday is a first pull test. And then, yeah, just constantly. And how do the role change feel? Because it seems much more thematic to what you're saying before, where it's human centered. You're just asking questions. You're breaking things down. You're you're eliminating waste. You're talking to users. So, did the role just feel much better as you transitioned? Um, I I felt like I was doing a split personality situation because I was actually still doing my <laughs> oh, yeah, day right. job yeah. in Vodafone New Zealand. Mm-hmm. So I was still talking to customers. Mm-hmm. So. So I love both roles, mm. but for different reasons. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I miss the interacting with customer mm. part, but I love the interaction with still users, which is internal. Um, I did learn a whole lot about people and about uh, getting people behind a goal rather mm. than an idea. Yeah. Like the goal was to achieve this rather than... Interesting. It was quite a weird... Mm. Um, and so did you work closely with JJ? Yes. Um, well, as in... He, he's not always there to hold my hands. Um, mm. He, mm. he it, I mean, yeah. The great thing that he, he did was uh, he encouraged me to not only do work, he pretty much said to me that, look, if you have time, there are days that you should go and do something else. Cool. Uh, so... I took up classes in Stanford, mm. social SEO stuff. Mm. Um, so I went up night classes. Uh, Back to marketing. Yeah. <laughs> Back then it was a thing. Stephen yeah. is like excited. But you know, I was kind of, actually, I kind of find it really boring. <laughs> <laughs> I love you building up and then you're just dropping no. dead. <laughs> I gotta go. Um, <laughs> so um, Stanford, did you, did, did you go to the classes? Yeah. Oh, so you classes. met a lot of well, actually, because SEO was a good uh, mm. realization, I was like, oh, this technology is pretty interesting. But <laughs> but then it wasn't. Yeah. <laughs> but Stanford is a crazy place, as yeah. I'm like, it's Can't just imagine. awesome. So um, I kind of didn't stick to just going to classes. <laughs> I look up events and talks that I'm, yes. you know, Steve Jobs famously kind of just hang around at Stanford. Mm. Did you meet him? Uh, I, look, I stay at a house a block away from hers. Mm. And that helped because my Airbnb hosts were like obsessed. Celebra- they, they celebrate geeks in a way. They are writers. <laughs> and yeah. so they kind of like point me to directions. And fellow travelers, it mm. helped to have people of a similar minded. Mm-hmm. was like, oh, um, there are these events. And like, I met a few German guys and Swiss and. Uh, it went into a crazy adventure. Um, went to a lot of events that just um, opened my eyes to. So, what kind of events? Like more of a like talks, technology, yeah. Mm. So uh, not like parties and. 
Um, that was a party. <laughs> like, come on, I mean, we watch American That's movies. It's always a party. And then you dropped on the ground. Yeah, yeah. Because yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, the the host of my Airbnb, my Airbnb host was a. Uh, uh, they, they are writers mm. as well as technologists too. They, they are mm. technology writers too. Um, they were really innately curious about things around technology. Um, so they somehow connected to Robert Scoble, uh, which is kind of like, uh, if you know Om Malik, Om Malik, I can't remember what's his um, full name, but um, he's a technology uh, blogger, like you know, mm. guru mm. almost. Um, so he was having a party. So. I went. Yeah, <laughs> the, the, my host was like, "You, you're, you're a bit of a geek yourself. So, do you want to come along?" Oh, so, a few of us went, so much fun. and yeah, and so I quickly realized that oh, Silicon Valley is very different. People are just really open to mm. like show you things, and and you can just rock up to most things. Yeah, uh, and that just changed my whole world of how you can possibly learn. Yeah. So yeah. Yeah, because outside of the job, it's very interesting, you know, how you experience Silicon Valley mm. as just its own project kind of thing, you know, like outside mm-hmm. of work. Outside simulation. How do you, yeah. Mm. <laughs> I call it outside simulation. <laughs> I do like that. <laughs> outside simulation. Yeah. I kind of realized that it wasn't just, um, there was a gloss to everything. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. Silicon Valley. Did you has... have that concert moment when you're like, eh, this yeah. is it? Mm-hmm. Well, no. <laughs> yes and no. Uh, I think that the, the dichotomy of the whole thing was that you go to this amazing city, and then I remember being being scared walking on the street mm-hmm. because there were so many problems there that are just human problems that are not being addressed. Mm-hmm. Like so what? a lot of homelessness. Mm-hmm. Um, I've never seen that problem so prevalent anywhere else and also um i think drugs is probably yeah. a big problem too um you can smell it on the street and and i just fundamentally felt that you can how can one walk on the street uh like from on the same block or same street you know if you turn a corner and you see all these homelessness yeah. and then on the other side there is all these gloss and yeah because i went three months ago and it's the same thing and kind of and the most jarring thing is it's like one of the most innovative hubs in the world and mm. yet it feels like one of the biggest problems that are right there it's mm. like almost being ignored which is kind of crazy but yeah mm. so the struggle of um living was there mm. like people can't afford things and so yeah i was i was just confused like going to google so i visited google mm. and i was like people i did that on sunday and mm. i was like why are they at work on sunday so i also has I'm questions like, yeah i'm like mm. what why are people at work on sunday yeah and that makes me question life Friends. too like you know we in new zealand we work and then we go home and yeah. hang out with friends <laughs> oh my why are people still at work on like sundays on in, in terms of saturday maybe yeah mm. but sunday was another story so did you end up staying only a month uh, no, oh. <laughs> no. So, um, so uh, the day before I left, um, so JJ's Spanish, obviously, mm. and he has a thing for cooking paella mm. um, to bring people together. He always believed that food is the agent of oh, yeah. conversations mm-hmm. and bonding. Yeah. So I, I love that. And so we had a celebration, and I was like, I'm leaving, and 
was like, oh, so sad. Um, and then uh, we went to lunch <laughs> yeah. um, on the last day. Uh, so tomorrow I'm flying out, let's see. So yeah. we're having lunch, uh, me and Liz and him. And just as we were finishing up and about to pay, and he was like, so the project is like taking off and, you know, you have active user of, like active tester of 200 and it's growing close to uh, people logging in, closer mm. to going up to over 1,000. Wow. Um, and then he's like, if you go by this projection, it's going to go really crazy. And he's like, do you want to stay longer? <laughs> I love that he waits to the last moment. And, and you're the like, last lunch the day come before. On. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And keeping me like in the dark the whole time. So it quickly went into, yes, do you want to stay? And then I was like, but how? You know, mm. I do have a job. And um, it was a bit of a discussion uh, mm. on his end mm. with the senior leadership down uh, in New Zealand. Uh, luckily, they somehow work it out. I didn't know what happened. But that's nice that he took care of that, that you didn't have to mm. go and have that conversation, that he, yeah. he took care of it. Because then you're like, well, you know, if it doesn't work out, I'm, yeah. I'm still okay. But yeah. It must be like a risky week because you would have waited past the flight back. And then it's like, oh, well, yeah. it's not fully settled yet. It Is was, that true? Did, I, like, does it, did it take longer than... Yeah, it was oh longer than a day because it was like next mm. day that I'm flying right. out. I have my suitcase packed. So you actually already made your choice to stay. And now it was just yeah. really working it out. Yeah. The details. Yeah. That's so, really amazing. Yeah. That's, that takes a lot of guts. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, if you want to do it, then yeah. you have to yes. commit to it. Um, mm. Well, it is scary as hell. Mm. I was like... Just do it. Yeah. Um, so one step at a time kind of situation. And because the, the the learning and outcome that I get in return was just, you would not have that experience um, if you didn't take that risk. So, um, so yeah, I ended up staying for another month. Mm. Mm. And was the role um, very similar in that month? Yeah, it's, it's still growing and scaling to this community. To bring people on board and also uh, enabling other people to become, uh, I call it the Jedi Master. We actually have like a hard mission inside. Like, yeah. if, you, if you're really good at that, like you become the Jedi Master. That's good. That's good. Um, so the Jedi Master was like actually helping other people to mm. test and also collating the feedback as well. So that way we can grow in a different mm. region and have different people that are not Salesforce friendly, yeah. let's put it that way, um, because not everyone's designed to use mm. social media, right? But you can still get feedback mm. and you shouldn't rule people that don't use those things out. Um, so yeah, it was... It Is was, this project still going? Oh, the I love how it ended. Mm. Um, we actually killed that entirely. Remember how <laughs> I said that it's the blocks? Mm. Um, That's why you used to destroy it every... Yeah, so we, we, we killed the um, pro, pro, the the solution mm. based on learnings and because we realized that actually um, people don't need video calls, people need to find people and in large organizations the challenges is often you don't know who those mm. people are mm -hmm. because you're so big um, and also different timing so you can there are tools like but they are all like split out in different yeah. things yeah um so what if this one thing could do all of this 
um, help you find people. Uh, we quickly realized that it wasn't video call that people wanted. Actually, people don't want a video call. Most mm. of the time, people want to just have voice calls. Mm. Uh, but the challenge is actually, I, I know I want to find someone, but I don't know who that is. Don't know where they live. Yeah. And I just know that I want to have a conversation about X, mm. for example. So, for mm. example, I want to talk, to talk to someone about UX mm-hmm. in Netherlands. Mm. What are you going to search? <laughs> you know, like, you can go to LinkedIn, I suppose. Yeah. yeah. But then you would have to go back to Outlook. Mm. And then hopefully you find the right find name. The and then you have to coordinate the timing and all those things. So it was a bit of a whole learning experience. So we, we actually killed it mm. uh, and then rebuilt the whole thing. Did you kill it while you were in, in the yeah. States? Uh, no, uh, we killed it um, probably a, like a few months later mm. because uh, there was so much to learn. Mm-hmm. Um, the reframing actually came a bit after. Mm. Um, and also, remember, we didn't really have fundings. That's right. why when I was going there, I was like, um, JJ did cover my sum of expenses, but there was actually no clear funding for mm. these projects. Um, and so it was proving cases too. Like, yeah. actually, people want this, but don't want those. Mm, mm, mm. Cool. So you finished this amazing experience in Silicon Valley and yeah. he takes you out to lunch on the second month and he's like, um, no, that didn't happen. Stay another month. <laughs> 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 oh my God. <laughs> like, can you please stop this? I keep fucking dancing. <laughs> yeah. Um, uh, so you come back to New Zealand. Yes, I did. I actually really missed Christchurch when I was away because mm. um, uh, it was a humbling experience in the sense that I realized, oh, New Zealand's a really good mm. country to be in. Because you look at the homelessness problem and then you look at a housing problem True. over there. And then I go back to Christchurch and I go, wow, actually, um, people don't work crazy hours. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. Like, over there is like 70, 80 hours. It's true. Lifestyle yeah. in New Zealand yeah. is... Is amazing. Yeah, I mean, you work forty hours pretty much, and then you go home. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. I guess it, it puts it in perspective. Yeah, um, quality of life and what's important, right? Mm. So you come back to New Zealand. Vodafone are like, "Hey, Welcome you're back." back. Yeah. It was actually a bit weird coming back. Yeah, uh, because you kind of are in the space of you are an extreme on one place, mm. um, and the I kind of constantly say that it's kind of like yeah not a shape that people expect you to be yeah. like you have to be a square or yeah, you have to yeah, peer yeah. around and triangle I was just you come back at star and you're like where do I, where do I <laughs> there's no seat for me <laughs> designed for a shape like me yeah. um, and design wasn't a job mm. then if you in New Zealand mm-hmm. um, that was close to five years now right yeah so it wasn't design UX wasn't a thing mm. um, it's crazy huh how yeah. quickly you know Same now change. it's like oh we gotta do it but still even today user experience some people want i mean they don't really understand mm. um, and they're like oh it's sexy it's trendy we need one mm. and um what are you doing and sometimes <laughs> also from the designer point of view they don't really understand uh unfortunately sometimes i speak to designers and they're like oh yeah you just uh, add ux designer and it just bumps your salary 10k yeah. but actually ux and ui are completely separate yeah. fields. i mean you mm. can there is some stuff that could be similar yeah, and you can process from becoming a ui designer to ux but it's less actual you know mm. it's more about mm. the psychology mm. about the research about the the human behavior mm-hmm. rather than 
how does it look and how does it mm. feel? Mm. Um, yes, yeah, so how did you bring that into Spotify? So um, I came back and kind of went back to my job uh, quickly as well. Um, so, but that didn't last long. That went for a few months, and again, I was banging my head on the wall yeah, <laughs> um, yeah. of being um, could change, like could do with a bit of change uh, at that point of time. Uh, my the advice from my mentor was to actually you need to move up. You need to just. Which go to JJ. So cool. okay, so you were still in touch with JJ. Mm. Yeah, well, yeah. We we keep talking because yeah. the project never ends. Because mm. I was I was still leading um, all this testing community mm. and built a lot of other products on the side with them. Mm. Um, so everything was volunteered and just doing long hours at night and wake up at five a.m. in the morning to do testing. Um, yeah, it's the nine to five. Yeah, so but it was fun, you yeah. know. I, I actually like really enjoyed those things um, because it was fun. Mm. Um, people, people were doing those like the testers was doing that as well. So it was a good community. Oh, cool. Mm. Um, so yeah, it was it was fun, fun work. Mm. Um, whereas I still love my job, um, but it was kind of like how do you combine the two? Mm. Um, because fundamentally, that one is an analyst. And you don't really build anything, mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. unfortunately. Hands tied. Uh, I do. I can change things on operational, but I can't change things on product. So, mm. um, so it's a bit of a weird dance there. Mm. Um, so yes, like I say, split personality. Um, <laughs> then um, quickly moved into what do you call that? Uh, so happened that. Um, uh, the global uh, group actually came back and say, hey, um, well, actually the strategy uh, that we drive in the whole world was actually moving into customer experience. Uh, what happened was um, uh, my boss actually got given the mandate, previous boss got given the mandate to actually focus on, help our business, uh, both of to focus on uh, customer experience mm. uh, as a global like mandate. Um, so... Uh, luckily, my team leader uh, brought in the vision of wanting to roll out design thinking uh, as a way to f- help us figure out what are the problems and how might we uh, create a great customer experience. Um, so yeah, we, the team got pulled together, uh, only a small group of four at that point of time, uh, to start the whole strategy. Mm. Mm. So can you um, maybe explain what design thinking is? for um, listeners who don't necessarily know what it means or they hear the term but they don't know exactly um, what design thinking is? Um, So design thinking is uh, one of uh, the methodology for human-centered design. So it basically saying if you want to solve a problem, start by talking to people. Um, (gasps) Mind-blowing moments. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, uh, To truly understand the problems. Um, I should emphasize that not probably not everything is for design thinking but there are a lot of problems that we can use this methods to solve problems mm-hmm. um, the idea is that talk to people about what their view is to the problem that you think that is uh, understand it by maybe their point of view people's point of view um, rather than your own idea mm-hmm. uh, a lot of people have an idea of how they want to solve a problem because they see it but actually they don't really truly understand. Mm-hmm. Uh, until you talk to someone, you don't know what the true problem is. Uh, and then quickly come up with ideas, 
uh, and then take into action of building something and then show it to them again, show don't tell. Mm-hmm. Um, and then be open to be wrong. <laughs> and, keep... and being wrong is okay because yeah. it's it's a fairly quick yes. process. It's not like months yeah. of research. You know, I mean, if it could turn into that if it's not really well disciplined. Yeah. But um, being wrong is actually okay because mm. you go back and you redo the process with better learnings and until you find mm. what it is mm. that we're supposed to build or that we, we need to create or the service that we need to provide. Mm. I see being wrong as like mini um, trampoline. Like they become bigger and bigger. Yeah, They cool. just like bouncy forward, mm. bouncy forward. Like it becomes bigger and bigger spring. And yeah, I love that. Yeah. Oh, that's a nice analogy. Yeah. So you were one of the key members who started that um, new design practice, practice in Vodafone. What is it like? Like, are people? How how does the company look at you? I mean, do you do you help different um, groups, different mm. uh, teams, or do you work in a bubble? So um, when it's when it started, we actually uh, a lot of things are organically learned. Mm-hmm. We didn't know how to go about things too. Like again, you know, you just start from where you are. Um, firstly, was to actually figure out what what was the how might we actually solve problems and what are, actually what are the problems that are mm. worthy of solving uh, was, or how can human-centered design solve these problems? Um, it was kind of like a bit of a chicken and egg situation of like, you have this great methodology, uh, but truly what is the problem that we are trying to solve? Um, I think that a big thing was actually to move away from talking about technologies uh, and talk about human experience. Mm. Which- um, Funnily enough, was your thing right at the start, right? Mm. And so, um, so yeah, we, we actually started with an empty room with very bad air condition. Mm. Um, <laughs> Much like this a few months ago. Yeah. <laughs> um, a lot of sun and, you know, it was really hot. But, mm. um, but focusing on trying to help the business understand the value of um, talking to customer right from the get-go. Mm. Um, and being, you'll be surprised, like, giving people permission to talk to customers um, and t- taking them off. Um, there is this fear of talking to customers. Well, it's don't know how, I think. Mm, yeah. But also the, the fear of bad feedback. The more your role can be small and like, like more defined. So like talking to customers might even just be like out of scope, like mm. saying you don't need to do even. Yeah, like the only time that you see people talking to customers is either that they call up and Mm. say I need help or um, you're trying to sell them something like or they are trying to buy something Mm. Um, so it was actually giving people that don't normally talk to customers uh, the permission and the help to go out and talk to customers Uh, you'll be surprised there are so many people that are like oh I need to talk to a customer what do I do Um, it's just it doesn't surprise me (laughs) 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 But yeah, it's just doing that uh, and creating an environment for people to just have good conversations um, and be open to ask questions and put ideas forward in the form of something that they can see and touch. Um, And then... Yeah, tangibility is very important. Mm. Um, You know, people can see and then you get real feedback because sometimes you talk and they don't really understand what you're trying to say or, Mm. you know, like you say, show don't, don't tell. tell. <laughs> a few things that we kind of live by is actually um, 
don't uh don't get ready. Mm. Like don't don't wait to be ready. Like get started. Um, yeah. That's something that my team lead had kind of ingrained into us. Mm. Uh, to just just get going. Just get it done. Yeah. It's um, more important to get started than yeah. being right. Yes. Mm. Yes. Um. So we always uh, celebrate the the progress of things because some making a start. Mm-hmm. Um. And in recent recently, I tend to. When people ask me what I do, it's a bit confusing. Like, you know, what do you actually do? Um, I always kind of like put in a way that actually my job is to help people to make a start with things that they know how to start, uh, or ideas or problems. Uh, to just pick, pick, pick a place to start. Mm. Uh, because uh, I, design thinking isn't a linear process. It's actually a circle. Yeah. So, yeah. Well, it's a module too. Like, mm, you can actually start true. from where. You might be. You have, might have an idea. You just have to. Um, they they have uh, an idea, or they call idea making. Mm. So if you have an idea, just like make the idea. Mm. Mm-hmm. Then you go through that process of you might get it wrong, but you can start all. Being wrong also means you gain empathy about your user. Yeah. So you go through the cycle again. So now this is a tan and cosine graph. Do you see? Yeah. Your maths teacher didn't tell you that, but we found it. <laughs> <laughs> <Way>! <laughs> Good one. Yeah, he's been listening. (laughs) So this section is called human-centered sins. Okay. So you're a human-centered led person. Um, But what is that one thing that you know you shouldn't be doing, but you're still doing? Um, I'm a, I think I'm a bit of a perfectionist and like, you know, people that overthinkers too much. Mm. Um, so if I have the time, I would actually work up until the last mm. minute that I can to perfect something. Whereas you can't always do that. You, the discipline of uh, human-centered design too is actually move forward um, and be good with your constraint and stick to it. So yeah. <laughs> Gonna work on that. <laughs> 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 I, yeah, it's a fine balance. Yeah, definitely. Who would you like to live for a day, and why? Um, maybe uh, Buckminster Fuller. Uh, just because I have seen bits and pieces of his quotes and all these things, I, I think I like to have a bit of him and a bit of a another designer because mm. he's very. He's talking about the geometry, um, like the geodesic dome. We 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 thinking about things in a certain way. Uh, so yeah, maybe Bucky in some way, and maybe Frank Gary. Yeah, as well, like as a good combination in terms of architecture as well as. So see, you're still doing that split personality, even <laughs> in an hypothetical question. Because <laughs> like you have the technical skills and then you have the design mm, yeah. skills. Mm-hmm. Like Frank is a bit weird, but oh, we I like weird. say that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yvonne, well, thank you so much for your time today. We really appreciate. It. We love going deep, and for me personally, I love discovering the journey of people. They level up in their career, and I love how it's never the linear path everyone kind of thinks pre-uni or during uni they have to take it's always just like trying things failing spectacularly and then iterating the jumping ship as well so 
Mm. Me personally, I think it's one of the biggest learnings. And I, just, I love to see that just career path happen with everyone. <laughs> Thank you. Well. That's it. Yeah, that's <laughs> it. <laughs> Sweet. Bye. That was awesome. <laughs>